0: Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune, back with a new guest to the channel, Chris Vermeulen, founder of thetechnicaltraders.com. Chris, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, I'm doing well, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Well, I wanna get right into kind of the, the main topic that we'll be discussing today, and that is the precious metals market. Now, I wanna let my viewers know ahead of time, and we'll touch base on this more towards the end of the interview chris primarily as as the title of his uh, company suggests focuses on technical trading so there's not going to be a whole lot of analysis based on on news or on fundamentals for the silver and gold market and my viewers you guys know i'm a big fan of of following those things and understanding those things but primarily we're going to be focusing on the charts so we'll put some charts up here for you so you can kind of follow along with what we're talking about here and and chris you know i wanted to talk about this this recent Drop in, in just the last month or two in the silver and gold market following their rally in the second, uh, you know, the last month or so of, of 2018 and the first quarter of 2019. You know, as we speak, you know, gold is, last time I checked, in the 1270 range. Silver is right around $15. Now, I, I think a lot of people expected this rally, which saw, you know, gold uh, kind of find resistance right around 1350 or just shy of 1350 to continue. Um but this drop I, I imagine didn't really come as a surprise to you. Could could you kind of expand on why that's the case? Sure. Yeah, well, I, you know when you look when you look back on I'm going to use a gold chart for example, but
1: really when it comes to precious metals, gold and silver, the analysis and the timing of the markets are almost the same. There's the odd time where silver will lag. But um, more or less, when I say gold, it really is referencing pretty much gold, silver, and gold stocks. They they tend to move together, just different percentage swings. But uh, when you look at the long-term chart of gold, it's been basing really since, you could argue, since um, late 2013. And it's always had this upper range. We've seen the market, the price Get back up to that 1370, 1360 area uh, several times. uh, Almost each year, it's kind of gotten up there, and then it sells back down. It's it's a very significant resistance level, and investors and traders now know that when price gets up there, that should be a point where they should be trimming off some of their gains if they if they've bought at lower prices, because the odds are it's going to sell back down. So that's you know when price popped up to those levels uh, in the last month here. Um, we started to see some heavy volume selling. We had a couple big um reversal days in gold where it gapped higher and sold down and and those are signs that the market is struggling to to hold those levels and As soon as you start to see distribution selling high volume selling of gold and silver uh that's a sign you know the momentum is shifting from an upward bias to at least a sideways and um the chart on the daily formation started to form some bear flags, which are bearish formations, meaning price should continue lower and really at this point we're still looking at gold and silver trading at these this kind of topping formation and they're on the verge of uh, have, of breaking down and, and following through with some selling and we could see a pretty good bout of selling in gold and silver over the next one or two weeks here.
0: So. I guess my next question would be: What are you looking at in terms of support levels? So, if if somebody is trading the technicals here, or if they're just you know buying the the physical stuff and they want a better price, you know, what what are some numbers that you're maybe looking at in terms of of support for them two metals?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think gold will will fall very quickly here to around the twelve fifty five, based on technical analysis using a tool called Fibonacci extension. It's um, it's more or less a measured move. Based on the current momentum, that gold topped out at, at 1350 a few weeks back. It had an initial sharp drop, and it had a bounce. And based on that movement, you can predict where the follow-through move should go, which happens to be around the 1255 area. It's also the 200-day moving average, which is great for long-term investors. We tend to find price bounce off the 200-day when it's above it. If we're below it, obviously it hits its head and can reverse back down. So the first stop should be the 12.55, 12.60 area for gold. If it can't hold that level, it might bounce and consolidate for a few days. If it doesn't hold that level, uh, it should continue all the way down to around the the 12.20 mark, which I think would be a a screaming opportunity uh, for a long position to get back in to ride it up to that 13.50 area and potentially see it break out and, and, and start a new bull market after that.
0: So just to be clear, we're talking fairly short term here. We're not talking necessarily uh the the typical uh, move down that we sometimes see in the metals in you know the middle of the summer, July or, or August. We're talking what would you say here, next couple weeks?
1: Yeah, I'd say over the next two weeks we should see this. If this pattern is gonna play out, it should unfold over the next couple weeks. And, you know, it it the thing with Technical analysis and what I'm explaining things. The real, the key here is to try to make sure you you understand the time frame I'm looking at because I am bearish on metals right now, but that's only for a week or two. But I am actually very bullish on metals um, longer term, looking six, 12 months out. And and then, you know, I think there will be another wave of weakness at that point. And following that, I think, uh, you know, we could see metals go. I think, ballistic in terms of what a lot of us have been wanting and hoping to happen for many years where, you know, silver uh, rockets and potentially breaks 100 and we see gold break 2000. So, I mean, I have many different views, bullish and bearish, depending on the time frame. So looking forward two weeks, I am bearish. I think it's a great buying opportunity when it pulls back here because we could see a big rally this year uh, from these lows that could be created in March, early May. So, or sorry, uh, guess, in April.
0: Yeah. So, so give me an idea, I guess, in terms of 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 move to the upside for for gold, and we'll touch base here on silver as well, because I know you have some things, some thoughts on that as well, as well as uh, again the time frame, because time frames matter.
1: Yeah. Well, I I think I think gold has got a really good potential uh, to run up to the fourteen fifty mark. It's not it's not a crazy rally like I think a lot of people are expecting. That's kind of the next. Um, measured move to the upside it has to clear several different resistance levels on the chart that will be where momentum should probably stall out and it should consolidate there i mean it'll trade sideways for p- potentially several weeks uh and that should be a launch pad that will be a breakout and a pause and then after that the next leg we could very easily see 16 1700 in in gold going forward potentially late this year
0: and how about silver? Because I know you are uh, a little bit more bullish on silver, as many people are, because uh, I guess the the increased upside potential that it has.
1: Yeah, well, sil- silver to the upside. I think it's. Um, I think we could see it easily get to around that twenty-five dollar mark. I think it's got uh, more upside potential. I, I like silver a lot for a lot of different reasons. Obviously, it can it can move more. Um, it's valued. Uh, you know, you can get more ounces uh, in terms of right now with the gold silver ratio. It's definitely a bargain, and um, I like how silver can be delayed in the market and how it moves. Sometimes gold and miners move first, and silver can lag. Uh, by months, sometimes, but uh, I, I'm looking at silver. If it pops and runs, we could see the 24, 25 dollar an ounce uh, very quickly. And, and silver's got a way to just pop and explode very quickly, uh, which is which makes it tough to trade. In, in, unless you want to get into a position and wait and and wait for that pop, because when it does pop even on an intraday basis, it moves so fast, you can blink and you can miss, uh, you know, a big chunk of it just because you're not quick enough. So um, I know your listeners are uh, more of silver stackers, which I am as well. I love silver. I love stacking gold and silver. Um, So, you know, bullish wise, I think silver's 24 potentially later this year.
0: And and that, again, to be clear to my viewers, you're just talking about the first wave here of, of move to the upside.
1: Correct, yeah, this this would be like the, the first wave, the first move that really changes the momentum in silver from kind of down sideways. Now it'll be more or less sideways and up, and it'll be like the first step. After that, things can start to ramp up and we can see some explosive moves to the upside.
0: <clears throat> now, rather than give you a, a kind of difficult question of you know, maybe what's the, the long-term upside, to upside for both silver and gold, um, Let's talk about the ratio. What what type of target are you looking at in terms of the gold to silver ratio? Maybe during and and after this this first wave or this first first move up.
1: Um to be honest, I'm not I'm not sure. I don't follow the gold silver ratio in terms of trying to trying to find a downside uh you know ratio like if it gets back down to that 55 or 60 area. Uh more or less I I look at gold and silver I think a lot like you that it's uh a store of safe haven, it's freedom. I mean, there's something about owning real gold and silver and having it in your hands. Uh, I think it's an insurance on your on your money. It's an insurance policy. If the financial system crashes, uh, you just never know what's going to happen, right? So to me, I'm a big believer that a chunk of your money needs to be in physical metals. And I don't look at it so much for, um, I do short-term trade it, but I accumulate it for long-term insurance plan against the Fiat currencies having issues going forward, or the financial system. So when I see the gold-silver ratio up at this eighty level, to me, it's just a major signal that we're going to see potentially another big run in precious metals. And um, I, I think it's just a point in the a time in the market when people are complacent and they're not that interested in metals. And that's when you know bottoms are formed so uh, i just look at it on a long-term basis for investing when we get up to these levels that's when i'm starting to add to my long-term investment uh, of physical metals which is now and in 2015 i added Um, so i think these are these are key turning points but i'm not looking for any downside price in the ratio um, uh, going forward
0: yeah and i mean if, if you do look at the ratio it certainly would seem that there is a Fair amount of of resistance now. I don't know how often the ratio itself is traded versus silver and gold individually, um, but you know where it's at right now um, uh, eighty five, eighty six to one. Um, it's really struggled to get any higher than that, and and yet I mean you know from time to time I'll have people predicting ninety or hundred to one ratio. Um, but it I would agree. I mean it looks uh, very very undervalued uh, relative to gold. Now I wanted to. I guess switch gears here a bit and add a bit of a caveat to, to this whole discussion about this move to the upside. And we're, we're talking about those a bit before uh, we went on the air. And that is the the influence that the stock market can have on the, the entire marketplace, but in this case, silver and gold and how uh, a move to the downside in the stock market oftentimes can translate to, move down, to a short-term move to the downside in silver and gold. Um, could you expand on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people see gold and silver as a safe haven play. When when they get fearful in the stock market, they will move into gold and silver and miners as a kind of a risk off asset uh, uh, movement. But the one thing we need do need to be aware of is when there is big liquidation and and mass selling in the stock market, where people are in a panic they are selling price everything they have just they can't they can't handle watching their account go down week after week um, and and of course people start to get margin calls on their trading account much like we saw in 2008 well the brokers are forced to liquidate people's positions and they have no regard to what positions they liquidate so more or less when there is strong selling in the market if we get into another bear market we could very easily see the gold, silver and miners sell down like we saw in 2008. Um, we saw other big bouts of selling back in, in 2010 and, and 2011 where it pulled the the gold market down. And it's simply just a liquidity thing because uh, people are forced to sell their safe havens even though they don't want to. It's just regulation and it forces the price down. And we will tend to see gold and silver miners bottom way before the stock market does once the majority of positions have been, you know, recalibrated to, to match people's uh, investment accounts, uh, we see gold and silver bottom and take off um, way before the bear market. And uh, I think we could eventually see something somewhat similar to what we saw in 2008. When the U.S. stock market does get into a bear market, there's going to be a point where we have a month or three of some some strong selling and liquidation, and it's going to put pressure on precious metals, I would think. Um, but you know again, it's not a huge correction. I think we could see you know a 10, 15, 20, maybe like a 30 percent correction again in price, but in in the long term it should still be a very good thing for gold. I feel as though gold is going to rally uh, uh, 20 or 30 percent from where we are now. So when the bear market comes, I think we could potentially test the prices we are at today. As the next support level, and uh, and it could provide that double dip, that buying opportunity a year from now, uh, or maybe even longer from now, to, to add back in. So, uh, I, I I do worry that when we get into a bear market, we'll see precious metals uh, correct, and um, depending on how you how active you are as a trader, investor, or stacker, um, you could potentially move your money around based on that.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting listening to to the paper versus physical perspective on this uh, that, you know, I'm sure back in 2008, people were interpreting the move down. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible, because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com/wonder. And silver and gold as as kind of evidence that hey, it's not a good hedge against the silver and, or sorry against the stock market. That look at this evidence of the stock market going down and. Right, so are silver and gold, um, but on the fiscal side of things, I think most people that are long-term looking to to silver and gold as as a hedge, as as, as insurance on on their portfolio, on their overall assets, <clears throat> they feel very differently about it, and they're oftentimes buying those dips. In fact, I remember uh, talking to to uh, one one of uh, an individual that I know that that works at a large dealer, uh, precious metals dealer, and he was talking about how back in February of last year, when when we had the uh, explosion of of the VIX complex and and a very rapid drop of something like 10% in the stock market, Um, that actually represented, I think he said, the the best week in terms of volume that his company had ever experienced. You know, and so the physical side, in fact, silver and gold might have been selling off somewhat during that time period. Um, But on the physical side, I I think uh, small stackers as well as big stackers, whether we're talking about institutions or, or, or countries- um, they feel very differently about those price drops.
1: Well, I, I think the price drops are great. I, the the lo- to me, the lower gold and silver fall now, the better because long term, I'm extremely bullish on metals, and I think there's going to be some type of event. We'll never We don't know what it is until it happens. Who knows what it'll be? Uh, but there will eventually, I think, be something to do with the financial system the the currency that is going to create some type of a breaking point where we see precious metals go ballistic and who knows like J.P. morgan's been you know stockpiling unbelievable amounts of of silver um you know i think there's a day where that's going to come and i don't care what gold or silver do the more they sell off to me the more i'm excited because i want to buy on these dips so uh, people who panic when gold and silver are selling off will. I, think, I, I really think it's a great opportunity. I would love to see gold and silver pull back with the stock market. Um, ideally, it would, it would match what we saw in 2008. We see liquidation. It gives us an unbelievable re-entry and add more to our long-term positions in gold and silver, because there's going to be a day when I think gold and silver become some type of potential uh, that back some other currency, and um, it could just go ballistic, so... I don't care what it does. I am bullish long term, which is why I just accumulate every year. I accumulate some more, and it really doesn't matter what price it is. It's just part of my plan for long term kind of freedom and uh, success. And it's just a comfort zone. It's just like buying insurance on your house. Um, It's the same thing. I just buy it every year, and uh, you know, it's just there if in case I need it.
0: Now, I should add, you know, from time to time, I'll stumble along, people that. Are kind of holding out for this type of a correction that you're talking about. They don't necessarily have a position in physical silver and gold, and and they're waiting for this type of a correction that maybe silver and gold trade sideways for a bit. We have a stock market crash, and all of a sudden gold's you know uh, underneath 1,200 or 1,100, silvers you know maybe fourteen dollars uh, an ounce, and then they want to to uh, put their position in silver and gold. And I think something again, physical versus paper assets here. Something really important to understand is that. Uh, if if times like like 2008 are are a, can be a lesson to us today physical is can be very difficult to get your hands on in that situation um you know back in 2008 there there are many reports of, of very long wait times and uh, very high premiums and so even if the the paper price is is lower than what it is today doesn't mean you'll actually be buying it at that price and so i think you know obviously none of this should be taken as as investment advice or anything but you know, the idea of, of of waiting until silver and gold drop significantly to, to create a position. I I see that as, as pretty risky. I don't know. Chris, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean I, I think you should you should just like anything else as a as long term investment, I think you should be buying it, you know, on a steady basis. And it really doesn't matter too much what, what the price is because you're right. If there's a if there is some type of uh, big movement to the downside like you said you you could have troubles actually getting it if there is a massive explosion it starts to take off without you there's most likely going to be a problem you can't get it so i mean you kind of have to buy it and accumulate it over time because uh it's it's just the way the market works if it was easy to do everyone would be doing it but uh, and it, it's like how the the VIX, uh, you know, ETF imploded. It, it, things can catch people off guard and people can lose a fortune or miss incredible opportunities. So you have to really just with, I think, precious metals as a long term kind of builder of, of a position is you do need to just continue to accumulate. And when it does pull back, if you can accumulate more um, than what you normally do, I would do that. And of course, none of this is investment advice. It's just my strategy. It's uh, what I do. And You know, I'm predicting and expecting some prices to come in the future to the upside. Um, But I mean, it doesn't mean it has to happen. My analysis literally changes week to week based on the weekly charts. And so what I say today might not be the same two weeks from now, but you just have to follow price and and have a game plan. So I think uh, definitely accumulating over time and and trying to add on significant dips is the, the key here.
0: Now, talking here about the, the the stock market, the U.S. stock market in particular, uh, could could you give us maybe shine some light on on where it might be in terms of its bear and bull cycle? You know, we saw a pretty vicious correction in in February of twenty eighteen. Uh, and then uh, something like a 20% drop in the the fourth quarter of 2018. Since then, it's had, I think, quarter one, I think, was maybe one of the best quarters in, in the U.S. stock market history, the best quarter in a very long yep. time. So where is it at? Is this correct or is this this move to the upside? Is this a, uh, I guess, what some people would term it, a bear market correction, that it's still potentially in a bear market? or Or what are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah. Well, it's mixed depending on the index you're looking at. Um, Looking at it from a technical standpoint, uh, with my knowledge and and for what I've traded in the past, we are in what is what I consider it looks like a uh, well, it's either a topping formation or it's a consolidation. And you don't know until it actually breaks to the upside or the downside. It's the price action, the characteristics of the market. Um, they're very similar to the 2000 top, very similar to the 2007 top. Um, 2015 was also uh it looked like it was going to be a top as well. That one ended up becoming a consolidation in it. And if it's a consolidation, what it's done is it's refreshed the market. It is ready for another major rally. And we have. We had that massive rally. Trump got in. Prices have rocketed up. Uh, It looks really good. But 2018, 2019, we're in this topping formation or this volatility range that whichever way it breaks out is going to be a very significant move. Because that sell-off we saw in November to December – was really big. It cleansed the market. Tons of people got shaken out of the market, and um, and and now we're up testing these highs. So, if we break to the highs here on the SP 500 uh, and the Dow, um, I think I think we could see potentially a big run from here because that was a major cleanse. I mean that it's almost like an instant bear market, and then it's it's gone. It was it happened so fast. Um, if it breaks down from here, that volatility is going to carry through, and I mean, we could see the SP 500 back down at 1600 um, a lot quicker than I think people think.
0: Yeah, that's that's what's really surprising to me about about the stock market. When when we talk about it moving into bear market range, if we're talking about the S and P uh, moving out of even the 2000 range between two and three thousand, would be unheard of for some people. You know, at some point they think that. The Fed's got to step in, or something is going to happen that will will uh, you know keep it from dropping you know more than twenty, maybe thirty percent. And yet, I hear quite a few people like yourself and, and many other very bright individuals talk about how hey, for the S and P, you know, like you said, sixteen hundred, very real possibility. For for the Dow, you know, fifteen thousand, it's a very real possibility. I don't think people realize uh, uh, the the risk, to, the, the downside risk. That maybe the the Fed put is not as strong, or may not be as effective as they expect it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
1: mean the markets always do what you least expect, right? So, I mean, I think a lot of people, a lot of technical traders, we've been waiting and, and looking for a bear market. And for all we know, the market threw us the bear market, and it only lasted three months, and it's done. It was just like a flash bear market, a flash crash recovery. Um, so we don't know. And and the way that the market's recovered here, if if it continues to go up, I mean, we're looking at we're looking at mid three thousands. You know, we're looking at thirty four hundred uh, potentially on on the SP five hundred. So um, there's there's potentially a lot of still upside left here, and and that's the thing. We are still in a raging bull market yes it looks toppy it looks frothy i feel bearish but the market climbs this wall of worry and technically we've had a correction and we are still moving higher as a long-term investor you've got to stay long equities i'm nervous about adding new money in here but, I mean, you got to stick with the trend because trends are more likely to continue than they are to change. So until we have that break of the December lows um, and other other leading sectors are leading the way down, like small caps and the transportation index, that's when you've, you've got to change gears because you never get out at the top. You've got to actually see a break and you've got to have confirmation we're in a bear market before you liquidate long-term investments. Um, so we'll have to see what the market does here over the next um, couple months.
0: Well, what does the saying go, that the, the market can remain irrational longer than you can remain solvent? You know, yeah, so you can't just exactly. short the market for for years at a time and and expect to win, even if it and, does. And
1: so many people do that. It's amazing how many emails <laughs> I get of people saying, you know, they've been adding to their shorts and they're doing, you know, three times leveraged inverse ETFs. And <laughs> I mean, it's it's a just a recipe for disaster. You're fighting, you know, Mother Nature is what you're doing.
0: <laughs> right. And, and and there's people, very bright people with with very maybe sophisticated uh, trading systems that that can do it. You know, I've I've heard people that that we're able to do things like time the uh the VIX explosion and, and profit off of that. But just as a whole, saying that you know the market's overvalued, uh the fundamentals don't warrant such a, a high valuation. Um I, I would agree, I would wholeheartedly agree, and I'm sure you would too, Chris, but it doesn't mean that we need a bear market, it doesn't mean that valuations are gonna come down in the next year, next five years, you know, maybe, maybe that's stretching it out a bit. But uh, again, the, the market doesn't necessarily follow a rational path all the time.
1: Yeah, well, well, that's it, right? The fundamentals are, are saying things are, you know, back up at lofty levels. We should see a market top here, but it, it doesn't really mean anything. You know, The I don't follow the treasury's bonds too much, but I mean, they went inverted. And if you go back in time, the the yield, usually the markets don't top for a year after rates have gone inverted so we potentially have another year-long rally from here up to 3400 before the market actually tops out so and and that'll put evaluations actually really out of whack uh, uh and probably hit new valuation levels you know we haven't seen in a long time so um you never know what the market's going to do, which is why you've got to stick with the longer-term trend. Always zoom out to the next time frame or two longer to really get that you know horizon view of the the mountain you're looking at, the the trend it's doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it, I think it will be really interesting if, if we have another uh, melt up or, or blow off top, or whatever you want to call it, because it was you know for me I, again, I'm not a trader, and I and I certainly would be just terrible. I think a time in the market but you know there was some level of, of obviousness i remember looking at the market back in in you know january of of 2018 with volatility remaining so low and just this crazy rally to the upside and i just remember thinking to myself this this can't end well and and it didn't and you know i only imagine how how much worse that could have been if it had coincided with some other factors like a recession like a breakdown of the financial system mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, things
1: could get things could get ugly which is the whole reason why you know you're into silver and metals and and so am i i mean the the, the crazy thing is we know the us in general like the fed and all that stuff is it's all rigged everything's a scam the finance, the stock market everyone is playing games the wealthy get extremely wealthy i mean Eventually, cheaters get caught and and things will implode. I mean, look at the financial crisis in two thousand and eight. Banks would bankrupt. It shouldn't happen. I mean, they shouldn't be leveraging our money. They don't even have our money, but they're leveraging it forty times, hundred times. I mean, the market is so corrupt, and this is why we all like silver and gold because we're just kind of accumulating and hoping that you know' not so much hoping, but if there is a major collapse of the financial system because, of all this greed and scandals and things that go on, you know, we can at least see our little $16 an ounce silver skyrocket to a hundred, 200, 300, who knows what it'll go to. But I mean, we'll, we'll actually, you know, be protected.
0: So. No, you, you kind of already alluded to it in terms of your preference for technicals versus fundamentals and and, and the news and whatnot. But, but could you kind of expand on that and how that works for you in terms of, you know, you're, you're, what I would assume is your day job, uh, trying to keep that separate from maybe your your longer-term beliefs about the economy or about the markets.
1: Sure, yeah. Well, I've always been... A, um, I'm, I'm a firm believer of you know keeping things simple, and I'm always trying to do things in the most efficient way possible. It doesn't matter whether it's work or trading or whatever else it is. And to me, when I when i first started back trading in 1996 i was into options i was into reading watching the news cnbc streaming all the time and um you know you get get overwhelmed you hear you you read about something that's bullish you hear something that's bearish on the same thing you got your own analysis and before you know it you're you're just kind of numb and you don't know which direction to go and i've just found over time that if i zone everything out if i don't follow the news if i don't follow fundamentals if i just follow price you know about 75 percent of the workload of doing research is off the table all i got to do is jump through my my you know my 10 minute chart a 30 minute chart a daily a weekly monthly and i can get a good feel for something right off the hop and i know a lot of traders will trade on news and And they're trying to catch some big move off some good news. Well, the way I trade it is, you can pull up a a pre-market scanner of of stocks that are trading pre-pre market, and anything that's got big movement, you know, has had news, and you can trade it pre-market, or you can focus on trading that for the day. Because a lot of times, stock come out with news, and really nothing even happens to the share price. So by following price, because price is the only thing that pays us. We don't care if a company has good earnings. Do you get paid? No, we don't get anything as an as, as an investor. We only make money when the share price moves in our favor. So I'm 100% focus on price. And as you zone into the finer timeframes, you can start to see when there's people accumulating, when there's unusual options activity, where you can see huge positions being put on. And Um, You can usually expect some type of big pop or drop depending on the options call So I can sit down in the morning and in about uh, ten minutes every morning I actually record my screen and I go through all the different asset classes what we're looking at positions And I just share my screen I draw on the charts and I share it with actually my followers. I say this is what happened yesterday What's happening in pre-market today? This is what I expect should happen with the gap higher today or gold's testing support. I, I walk through it and in ten minutes the whole markets are wrapped up and done. If you had to watch news and all and read articles and, and you know read reports, you know, you've got a full day's job there. But this way I can hone in, have my coffee, and write down the hot stocks or hot commodities at prices I'm looking for, put some alerts on my chart. Tell me when it hits this level, and and I'll pull up the chart and I'll look at it. So I really like it because it's it's crystal clear. It's either uh, tradable or not tradable, and we're either in an uptrend or um, in a downtrend. And I don't trade really sideways price action, so I'm very very streamlined when it comes to uh, just focusing on the technicals.
0: Yeah. And I mean, even in terms of we, we know that fundamentals on a lot of these markets are, are out the window, but even in terms of the news, uh, it, it, sometimes big news, which oftentimes we can't predict, can move the market pretty, pretty rapidly. But sometimes it's almost like the market moves and, and the news, you know, with the media being what it is today, tries to find some news that will match the market move. And in fact, I would encourage my viewers, you know, for, for a week straight here, five trading days, at some point during the day, just Google Dow Jones Industrial Average, right? And and a chart will come up. But below that, you're going to see articles from CNBC or maybe a couple of their, you know, Fox Business or a couple of their financial uh, uh, media uh, sites. And they'll all have kind of like these cookie cutter reasons for why the stock market is up Mm and down. You know, Dow up 100 today on, um, you know, good, you know, the the thing lately. Whatever, yeah. The the trade news, right? Or Dow down 100 on on concerns about, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's cookie cutter you know from day to day um rarely do we have uh, i think news that moves the market and when it does you know maybe you already said this is that sometimes it's more of a a uh, buy the rumor sell the news where something like the trade deal right many people have predicted that you know once the trade deal is, is finally signed in ink that maybe that's the top for the market because mm-hmm. people have been buying yeah. that optimism for for months now
1: well, that, well, that's it. it. You know, big insider money or big smart investors, people who follow price action and, and follow what the big players are doing. I mean, you see, you see share price rise uh, before news, like, you know, for for weeks potentially, and then the new good news comes out, and we've seen it happen over and over and over again. It happens more times than not good news comes out for the stock and the stock trades down 357% on the day and it blows everyone's mind who doesn't know what how the stock market works but if you've done your research and you follow the coattails of the big institutional money who's been accumulating and you've been following them I mean if you knew the stock was most likely to have a good earnings or get FDA approval or something you're not waiting for that news you're buying now because when the news comes out and that rumor starts to spread more people buy it when the news comes out everybody's selling on that news that that play is done when the news comes out it's not a new opportunity to get long so and and on top of that the biggest some of the biggest moves in the market do happen on news but the nice thing about trading news is The news moves uh, the markets almost like a spike in price. And when price spikes either to the upside or the downside on surprise news that was not anticipated, that spike is usually negated or given back by the end of the day or within three days. So, I mean, news-based spikes are just blips on the chart. They don't really change the trend. They just shock the market and it overreacts and then – comes back to its mean. so i love news based spikes because you just have to wait for that momentum to fizzle out and you can usually anticipate at least half of that quick drop or pop on that news to be given back over the next couple days so news is great but you can't predict it you can you can use it to trade after it comes out and uh, it has to shock the market for it to be tradable in my opinion
0: Well, Chris, I got to say thank you for for coming on today for this interview. It'll be interesting to watch, uh, see how this silver and gold uh, play out over the coming weeks. And of course, as you said, you know, this is subject to change, um, that that once you make a a prediction or or give your thoughts on where a market's going to go, it's not set in stone because these things are constantly moving. It's a very, I guess... Uh, it's like a moving target, the the market. Um, now, quickly before we go, could, could you kind of share with my viewers real quick uh, where they can find you and and if they are interested in in kind of joining your your uh, group of traders over there? Uh, what, hey, what's sure. kind of the process for that?
1: Yeah, well, I, I I'm uh, I'm over at thetechnicaltraders dot com, and what I do is um, as a paid subscriber to the service, they get access to my trading screen every morning. I I record it. It's usually anywhere from a five to a fifteen minute video. I recap all the major things in the markets and, and talk about, um, for example, there's some really interesting trades for short-term traders where if the stock is, if the market's gonna gap higher or lower for the day, um, almost almost 100% of gaps that happen on the SP500 get filled. And I know I've got a lot of short-term traders, which I maybe don't exactly cater to your group, but it's really interesting to watch this stuff work and see how the market goes, because it's. you'll see the market gap higher and everyone's excited there's a buzz in the in the air of everyone's excited stocks are going higher and here we are you know expecting okay you know after 15 minutes this should fizzle out and come all the way back down and um, so I've I've got some really good analysis that uh, really shows you how the market is manipulated and how the market makers gap prices to get beyond resistance and support levels and um, you know that's the short-term stuff but every day I recap as a swing trader and a long-term investor the views of gold, silver, oil, natural gas, uh, bonds and whatever leading sector we're interested in at the time. So, it's a really good educational kind of uh, way to have your morning coffee and be, you know, recapped on where we stand in the markets every day cuz some days, you know, do change trends in the market and so that's why I update each day.
0: Well, Chris, once again, thank you for for coming on today. And I I hope to uh, have you again on in the future as maybe we see this play out.
1: Great. Yeah, well, uh, thanks for having me on the show, Matt.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You have a great day. You too. Take care.
1: Yep. bye.